Okay. Oof, getting pumped up, getting pumped up. Bananas, rabbits. That was random. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Ville House Podcast. I am your host, Cruz Robbie Villanueva, alongside my beautiful co-host, Holly Nicole Villanueva. What's up, babes? Hello. Hi. How's it going? Uh, it's going. Is it? We're doing this. We are. Uh, late. Yeah, we're doing it late. We apologize, people. Um, we got caught up in other shit and weren't able to put out a podcast last night for y'all to listen to and enjoy today. But we're putting it, we're recording one today so y'all can enjoy tomorrow or tonight. Holly's excuse, I'm in finals this week. <laughs> yeah, she's getting her PhD. Uh, I don't know. How dare I? Um, no, I, for the first time ever in any of my degrees, I just want to make this known because I, I talk about school a lot, but not like the struggles of school. Um, I typically never can write a paper on multiple days. And one of the things I hate the most is when papers build on each other. Do you ever have classes like that? Yes. Well, like, I've, I've had a few. Like week two, you'll write a little bit and then you'll get feedback. And then week three, you have to add to that and incorporate the feedback. Yeah. Um, I hate those classes because... If I write a paper from start to finish, it's a finished product. And then I'll get feedback and those that paper can be tweaked. But like at the end of the day, it's a finished product. And to be like, now take this finished project or product and go back and add more shit to it that wasn't originally required, I do not enjoy that. Because then I have to tweak what's already finished because it's done already. Um, but this class, my final was 25 pages, Ugh. 20 to 25. I turned it in at 23 pages. Um, and I have been writing it a little bit all week. It's the first time I've ever done that. Instead of sitting down in one go, it was tough. Um, but sucker, that's what you get for cha- pursuing your PhD. It's worth 30% of my grade. So we'll see. But anyways, that's my spiel. That's my excuse. As always, I have an excuse, which means nothing. It's just an excuse. It's just an excuse. So you guys know what my excuse is this time. <laughs> All right. Bertos. Don't be throwing my name out there like that. <laughs> All right. So uh, this week uh, or today, whatever you want to call it, I thought that we it could. It is a week. I don't even know if we've. I know we've talked about like aspects of this but i don't know if we've actually made an entire podcast for it so, so uh today we're talking basic training air force basic training to be specific mm-hmm. and uh really like our experience through basic training what stories or memories we have of basic training i know we've like sprinkled them throughout in a lot of our pa- podcasts on like looking back on our careers and then and or just naturally through conversation but none of them specifically for basic training. So I thought it'd be cool if uh, uh, we talked about our basic training experience as a whole, what we remember. And I got a few websites up, up right here to kind of jog the memory. Um, but it's weird to think like, oh, it's 17 years ago. So back in 2005, like in January, I was getting ready to go to BMT Mm-hmm. And then at the end of January, I shipped off, and I was trying to remember what that whole experience was like, like uh, going to sleep in a hotel the night before, flying out, and then waking up early as shit to get on the plane, and then getting on the plane. It was only like my second time on an airplane ever, flying to San Antonio, and then waiting at the airport to be picked up, uh, and then 
uh, driving to base, and I like I don't remember that bus ride. I just remember that it was dark, and I remember pulling up to the gates of Lackland through the Valley High Gate. Um, I can't remember what it says there, but it's a Valley High Gate, and then you see that building that says McDonald's. Integrity First, Service for Self, and Excellence no, All We Do. Not the McDonald's. Yeah, not, like I was just focused on the gates because I was like, oh shit, I'm about to be on an Air Force base, basic training. And and then the rest is just like a blur. Like my my entire experience is crystal clear. Like I don't, there's very few parts of it that, like basic training itself is a blur. Like the six and a half weeks or whatever basic training was when I went through. Yeah. That is a blur. But, like, getting to basic training, um, the process is leading up. And I think it's because I had, like, I refer to it as a trauma. I I had, like, a very bad experience getting to basic training. So, I guess I'll go first because I'm already talking. But um, I lived roughly, like, an hour and a half from where my recruiter was at. Because, obviously, I'm a small little podunk town we don't have air force recruiters just hanging out so uh our recruiters were in murfreesboro and i like went there he was no nonsense i went in my 11th grade year um after taking the asvab finding out i scored really high by not actually taking the test that's another story but um went there signed up and joined dip and was in dip for like a little over a year um I got my job in DEP as first a loadmaster, believe it or not. Um, so I guess we're going before basic training, leading up to basic training. But got a job as a loadmaster, went through the flight physical and did not pass the eye exam. Of course, I did not pass the eye exam. The only reason I wasn't able to do the loadmaster job was because um, the test that the optometrist gave me, the Air Force doesn't recognize so they have to give you like a, I don't know, some kind of test. But instead they did like the the test where they hold up fingers and walk toward you. And it's called the step test. So they're like two steps away, she could see my fingers. Three steps away, she could see my fingers. And the Air Force doesn't recognize that test. So it failed my flight physical. So I lost that job. That's a country-ass test. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> it really is. <coughs> but, I mean, that's how I lost my job. I passed the math portion of Loadmaster and, like, every other portion of the flight physical. But that's besides the point. I didn't want to be a flyer anyway. Now that, like, knowing what I know, I'm glad I don't have that job. Um, the second job I got was cardiovascular pulmonary. Um, that was second on my list. Which is really what I wanted. I wanted medical. I wanted that field. Uh, and it was locked in. So, leading up to basic training, it's the night before basic training. I have my whole packet with me. Or the day before basic training, I have my whole packet with me, and you have to process through MEPS that day. Is, did you process through the day before you left? Uh, yeah, I think so. We had to be the there at like before. six o'clock in the morning. My recruiter took me. No, my dad took me and dropped me off. That was like the last time I saw my dad. He told me bye. Um, went through MEPS all day, and you get to the point where they're giving you the packet that you have to take to BMT with you. It's like a sealed manila envelope. Yeah. And like, they're like, whatever you do, don't open this. Like, they will ask you for this as soon as you get there. Do not take anything out of it. Like, they probably said that a thousand times. And I'm like, okay, got it. Um, so I get to that point and I go up and they're like, okay, last name, last four. 
And I'm like, Hughes, blah, 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 last four of my social. And they're like searching through everything and they cannot find any of my shit. Like none of my hard copy stuff. So like they're scrambling. They pull me out of the line. I've already like done my little duck walk, the whole thing, right? Um, They pull me out of the line and they're like, like, who are you? <laughs> like, we don't know. We don't have any documentation for you. So I'm like freaking out. I'm like, I'm a little baby 2007 cell phone calling my recruiter. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, they're not going to let me ship out. Uh, so my file had inadvertently got shredded. So all of my stuff was gone. All my medical clearances, um, my disqualification from flying status, all that. The only saving grace was that my recruiter had a copy of all of it. Like, when he sent me with my paperwork to MEPS, he kept a copy at the office just in case something crazy happened. Um, and so he brought it, like, scrambled all over from Murfreesboro to Nashville, brought my package, and they were like, the job you want was, like, canceled, and somebody else already took it. So pick a new job. Jeez. So literally the day before I left, I was, like, all high hopes of being cardiopulmonary. Um, and they tell me, like Intel, right? They're like, you have super high ASVAB scores. Pretty much like you're going to be James Bond, like kicking in fucking doors and being a whole ass badass is what they said. And I was like, that sounds spectacular. And you get a top secret clearance. That sounds super fucking cool, right? It's not. Let's start there. But so I get it. I go to basic training. And because of the mix up, I could not be on the plane that left at like midnight. It was the red eye out of Nashville. So I missed the red eye um, and I had like flown. So I wasn't nervous about flying. Um, missed the red eye. And then I, they put me up in like the Sheraton or something in Nashville, like by the airport. So the next day, my dad actually came and had lunch with me because I didn't get to leave. Uh, so my dad met me. My mom met me. We had lunch and then I left that night. So when I got to basic training, there was only like three of us at the airport that got there. We were yeah. a day late. Um, we we get there in the middle of the night. Everybody's asleep. Uh, so it's like two o'clock in the morning. Everybody in, like my dorm is packed out. Everybody's already asleep. And they're like, just go to bed. You're going to get woken up in like two hours. So like good fucking luck with your life pretty much is what they said. So Reveille starts playing in the morning. I, like, jump up. I have no fucking clue what's going on. Everybody's, like, making beds and, like, running to brush their teeth and, like, all this, like, putting on web belts. All this shit's happening, and I am lost. Like, <laughs> fuck, I'm like, somebody help me. Like, what do I need to be doing? They're like, fill up your canteen in the sink in the bathroom. Like, like all these things. They're like, you have about two minutes to brush your teeth. Um, get your shoes on. All this stuff. Like, start making beds. And I'm like, my head is just spinning and then rti comes like kicking in the fucking door like y'all better be dressed because we had a guy ti um and i mean we were just at it like down to breakfast uh and it was it was a whirlwind from like meps to getting to basic training to being late and everybody having these processes down that they learned for an entire day and me just being lost i was terrified and when we got there, the um, the other three people that I was with, one went to my brother flight. I went to, like, my flight, flight 618, what up? And then um, 
the other two people went to like different squadrons but like at least one person I was with went to the 331st with me and went to brother flight I was there and so it wasn't like me and one other person who didn't know shit right it was just me I like go in the day room and like sit on the chair and get like fucking screamed at at two (laughs) o'clock like you don't get to sit on furniture who do you think you are a whole person so I'm like sitting on the floor it was it was a nightmare yeah for for those of you that don't know like uh you can't sit on the furniture when you're in basic training. Like, there's a whole separate room. So, there's the bays <laughs> that have all the racks. And then there's a day room, basically, where you go in it's just to... just, like, bunk beds, pretty much, to have the racks. Yeah. And then there's a day room where it's just... It's kind of like a meeting room. But the only thing that's in there is, like, this huge desk uh, for the MTI, the instructor. And then there's chairs lining, the uh, like, the walls of the day room. And you can't sit in those chairs unless your instructor gives you permission but typically it's uh the rule is and it's a made-up rule but the rule is um you can't sit there until like your very last week when you finally earn the privilege to sit in the in uh blues. the furniture blues was or we could blues sit. Mm-hmm. which is the last week that you're yeah. there oh no i guess it, it switched up like, when I when I went through it was the last week. We wore yeah, we wore blue we didn't wear blues until after Warrior Week. So we went to yeah. Warrior Week in week five, I think, and then the last week we were in blues. Yeah. So. That's how it was for us. Yeah. But because of that, you have to sit on the floor for like you go in there for mail call, for like uh the evening news, like to pass on information, whatever it is. Uh you go in there and you just sit cross legged on the floor. And I'm telling you, if you're not used to it, like your legs go numb because you're sometimes you're sitting there for a minute. Other times you're sitting there for half an hour, 45 minutes. It's uh, yeah. I'm trying to like maybe like the size of half of a basketball court, like not the outside and all that, but like maybe the size of half of a basketball court. Um, and think you think there's like chairs lining the wall. So that takes up all that space. Yeah. Half the, a basketball court is big. It's not that big. Well, it's, I'm it's, just... Uh, it's like a classroom. Yeah, like a class... Okay, that's accurate. Like a classroom. So, like, chairs line the entire wall, and probably, like, the front five feet is, like, there's space, and then a chair, and then a desk. Yeah. Um, And then you have... I think there was, like, 40 of us. Maybe, like, 38 people who were just, like, all trying to fit in that area. Well, in the old dorms, it was uh, a max of 60 people. Oh, yeah, so, so probably, like, 40. I'm, yeah. I was thinking, like, 40-something. Um, and, I mean, like, we're in there doing push-ups sometimes, like, all in that room. Or it was just, oh, that room was a nightmare. But, like, I just didn't, like, when you go to basic training, sometimes, like, I had a really good recruiter. And people, I just, like, I just shitty one. people shit on recruiters all the time. But, like, my recruiter set me up for success in basic training, um, like, I would say even though I was there a day late, I was far more prepared than the majority of people in my flight. Yeah. Um, because I went to, ba- I mean, I still have all my papers, but I went to basic training knowing my entire chain of command all the way down to the group commander. Like the only people I didn't know was squadron leadership. So like my flight chief, the squadron commander, but starting at the the group commander, the wing commander, all the way up to the POTUS, like, I knew all that. And we got quizzed on it in depth. Yeah. Um, it's it's called memory work. Like, yeah. when you go to basic training, it's uh, it's like your instru- – uh, it's like a little pamphlet that you get. 
call it memory work, but basically it has all the ranks, all the Air Force ranks, and then it has your direct chain of command starting from your MTI, so your instructor, all the way, like it goes level by level, all the way up to the President of the United States, which is a big leap, but... Uh, if you're familiar with the military, like you realize where that jump goes, yeah. but there's like your instructor and then there's your instructor supervisor. Mm-hmm. And then there's your, then you have like a squadron leadership, which is first sergeant, uh, commander, your, uh, superintendent. Well now it's SEL. Yeah. So senior enlisted leader. There. Yeah. And it just, it keeps on going, uh, to each level and you have to memorize all that stuff. If you have a good recruiter like you did, yeah. um, you have your, all that in your recruiter will prep you in advance before you even get to basic training like hey this is the kind of stuff or at least go through the ranks with you like yeah hey. so i knew the airman's creed the air like the air force song all the ranks officer and enlisted my entire chain of command um i mean i knew some like arbit like he would just ask us arbitrary questions that you just like things you don't think about having to know but we like um we did pt we did um i don't just like stuff that you don't really think about but then you get so in basic training you eat three meals a day but they're on time right like you don't have like you can't don't sit and enjoy meals you're like on a clock when the yeah. table in front of you stands up whether you've had one bite or 10 your ass is done like get up and bounce right um, and I don't know if that's how it is anymore, but that's how it was when I was there. Like, yeah. you're just hoping the people in front of you eat slowly. Um, but, like, when you're walking to your table, there's a table full of TIs, probably like five to ten TIs, and you have to walk straight past them. And they can just stop you and ask you <laughs> random questions. It's called the snake pit. The snake pit, yeah. And they stop you and ask you random questions. And if you don't know the answer, then, like, you're losing your entire meal time and just getting fucking screamed at for n- no reason yeah. for a long time. Basically, you're get, you're getting berated <laughs> just because the, the instructors probably saw you did something wrong. Um, and then it's like it's an automatic trigger to like, OK, we're going to question this trainee. Yeah. And questioning looks more like I'm yelling in your face. And can you keep your bearing? Yeah. But I mean, like RTIs at the snake pit, they had flashcards for like ranks for um you know the one that gets a lot of people, and it probably still gets a lot of people, is who is the vice president? Like, I remember not knowing who the vice president was when they, I went to basic training. That got me in tech school. I didn't know the vice um, president. Or, like, who's the secretary of defense? Who is the chief of staff of the Air Force? Because, like, while those are important roles, they're not things that, like, affect you in the daily, you know? Yeah. But, like, ranks, they would show me a rank. They'd be like, what's this? Major. What's this? Second lieutenant, bam, bam. All right, I'm going to eat. But, like, when they started asking me, like, shit that matters, like, how many steps does the first line in open ranks take? I was fucked every time. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't know any of that shit. Like, when I got to basic and you were finally able to, like, have a minute and you got to talk to some of the other people that you were with in, in the same flight, like, it started coming out. It's like, oh, yeah, my recruiter prepped us for all this. Or you had people, like, that had family or friends that were in the Air Force and been through it. Yeah. And, like, oh, yeah, they told me about all this. Me, I went into it blind. blind. Like, God. Chewy went through through Navy boot camp. Uh, but he didn't tell me too much about it. Um, 
he did tell me like don't volunteer for shit yeah my recruiter told me that too but uh the recruiter that i had he didn't prep me for shit he kind of just basically signed me up and then that's it and he called me when there was meps appointments and and then when it was time to go to actually to fly out to basic that's it so like a handful of times i met with this recruiter um for any air force shit other than that i was on my own other recruiters they're like doing pt with the mm-hmm. recruits they're like hey you gotta run this much in basic so let's prep you there's some of the exercises that was one thing i wasn't prepared for was the and, pt like and it's like all voluntary yeah like we did it in depth which is the late entry program so when you're enlisted when you have signed the documentation that you're going to join the air force but you're not like graduated from high school or Maybe you're not 18 yet and your parents haven't, like, agreed to let you leave. Whatever the case may be, um, you're in delayed entry program. And, like, I would go out there and I would do push-ups and sit-ups. But then when they would run, I would always leave. I was like, fuck this. I'm not running. Yeah. But uh, in in basic training, I wish I would have <laughs> I wish I would have ran. Yeah. No, like, it was tough. The working out part came easy because I was, like, in super <laughs> shape whenever I left for basic. Yeah. Uh, young 20 year old stud <laughs> uh, but no like some people they already knew the reporting statements oh yeah and like i fumbled statement. with that when i first got there like the reporting statement um if you're not familiar with it it's basically the phrase you have to say before you speak at any to point anyone yeah at any point during basic training uh, so it's the it's the beginning of your statement paragraph whatever you're going to say uh, so it goes, sir or ma'am, trainee Villanueva reports as ordered. And it has to be reports as ordered. It's not reporting as ordered or report or reporting. What are some of the other ones? Reports ordered. It's It's got to be word yeah. for word. Sir, ma'am, trainee Villanueva reports as ordered. Just like that. And it doesn't sound difficult. But in the moment when you didn't know about your reporting statement and they're teaching you that and then you have to say it when you're getting yelled at by a, a TI or anybody else and there's just so much going on, it's it's hard to get out. Like it's a hard phrase to get out. I didn't ever think it was like a hard phrase to get out, but it caught me off guard if I was um, being asked a question. Like if I was in chow and they would stop me at the snake pit and they would be like, um, trainee, what is blah blah? Like they would hold up a rank, like or like trainee, who is the instructor supervisor of a flight in the three thirty first training squadron? Um, naturally, you would just be like master sergeant Manuela, right? But you have to be like trainee Hughes reports as ordered, master sergeant Villanueva. and then when you leave, you have to do like a facing movement. There's like a whole process to it. It's not just like a you can answer a fucking question like a human being. <laughs> yeah, on top of spitting out your phrase, you have to remember that you got to keep your head and eyes straightforward. You're at the position of attention perfectly. Like, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. And after a while, it becomes second nature. But when you're barely learning it, th- mm-hmm. it's just a lot to take in mm-hmm. and, uh, and a lot to execute. You know, one of the things that always made me laugh, and I would always, I don't want to say pick on people, but tell people, like, stop being stupid. So when you're in basic training... There are certain times of day where, like, no one can be in your dorm. So, like, if you're taking showers, your training instructor can't be in the dorm with you while you're taking showers. Or if... Of, of the opposite gender. Of the opposite gender, yeah. yeah. So, I had a male TI, so it, it was always. Or, like, after lights out, so at bedtime, they couldn't be in our dorm. 
<clears throat> so during that time on the door there's like this little glass window but there's also like a metal piece that like flipped up to like cover the glass or whatever so nobody could look in your dorm because you're running around naked most of the time or like not all the way dressed um but there's a speaker so like the main person or like whoever's on charge of quarters yeah can like sit downstairs yeah and like pretty much check in on every dorm and there's always somebody on call who has to be like available to open the door or answer that person talking through the speaker and people would always go to attention to talk to the speaker and i'm like the fuck are you doing like you're talking to a wall (laughs) that would like i know you're not at the position of attention and people would like snap to attention and i'd be like it's a wall. Like, you're literally talking to a speaker right now. Until they see you through the camera, through that little window, and they see you just hanging yeah, out. Yeah, but if, if it was, like, if the window was closed, like, at nighttime, it'd be like, okay, every hour on the hour, you know, reporting accountability. 31 to 31, good to go. Whatever the case may be, right? Um, but you have to still give your reporting statement to this box. So, Trainee Hughes reports is ordered 31 to 31. That's it, right? And say, okay, thanks. But they would yell at you like, get to attention. And people would literally be like, whoosh, like snap to attention. Trainee, blah, blah. And I'm like, you are dumb as hell. It is two o'clock in the morning. They are bored just fucking with you. Like, <coughs> there is no way I'm going to attention to talk to a wall. Yeah, those are, they're called entry control monitors. So basically they're like security uh, for the dorm or barracks, however you want to call it. And there's always, there's always two people on shift throughout mm-hmm. the day. Uh, and, and they're the ones that every, I think it's every hour or two that they report accountability throughout the night. So you have to go and count heads and make sure everybody's in their bunk. And then you report to this box where uh, it's just all a the speaker numbers. System, yeah. yeah, it's a speaker system. So every hour you're reporting those. I don't know. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting time. But like you said, my recruiter, I think you said Chewy told you, but my recruiter did tell me, like, when you first get there, like, on the second or third day, they're going to put you all in this room, which was the day room that we talked about. And they're going to start listing attributes. Like, who is um, attention to detail oriented? Who, whatever, like, whatever the attribute is, who's organized things like that and he's like you just need to sit there and do not say words like don't raise your hand for anything just sit there and don't say or volunteer for anything (coughs) and there was people who didn't know so they'd be like i'm a very good leader and they're like cool you get to do fucking laundry for 50 people (laughs) right um or like i'm very organized good you get to line up all the shoes under people's beds you know like Mm -hmm. and so i was just sitting there and i didn't say a word and he was like well since you're stupid and don't know how to say words you can just do the utility closet so everybody in basic training gets pretty much a chore that you're responsible for to make sure it's like perfect at all times and my job was literally to stand in this closet and hand people cleaners like, oh, you're cleaning the bathroom? Here's Windex. Oh, you're lining up the shoes? Here's the stick that lines up shoes. And it was, like, so easy because I had no responsibility other than, like, making sure the bottles of cleaner were full and handing them to people. I didn't have to do shit. I didn't have to actually clean anything. 
Like when people were mopping the floors, they came in and mopped the utility closet. I didn't have to do anything. And I was like, man, my recruiter did me good. I didn't like, because there are people who have to like lead other like element leaders or the dorm chief or EC monitor go like the main EC monitor. Yeah. I was like, I'd been pissed if I got any of those jobs. I, I lucked out. Uh, like I honestly don't remember what my detail was or what my responsibility was at first because then I became the guide on bear and the guide on bear does whatever they want all the time. Basically. So you're <laughs> the guide on is the big old staff, the, the flag that goes with the flight wherever you march. And I was the guy holding it. So I was a guide on bear and I was in front of the flight, which pretty much dictates like the direction of the flight, the speed that the flight is moving and marching or whatever. So that was me. And I got that position maybe like three or four days in like yeah. it was still the first week uh we had just gotten our uniforms and and pretty much like the mti was still trying to fill out the flight and he kicked out about three people from guide on uh, we lost a lot of guide on bears before he put me up there and i just i held the position throughout uh until we graduated and uh that that was like a a beast in itself but uh yeah when you become the guide on bearer your sole responsibility is to practice with the guide on because that thing, when you salute, you have to like throw it up in the air and stretch it out. And you have to like practice holding it. You have to practice like moving it, lifting it up and just keeping it stable whenever you're marching. So a lot of practice goes into it. So when it's in the mornings and at night, it's time for details, right? So first thing in the morning you get up, you brush your teeth and then you get the dorm ready at night last thing you do is you shower brush your teeth and then you get the the dorm clean ready to go for the morning which doesn't make probably doesn't make sense to a lot of people but there's a certain way you have to keep the dorm in the morning for the daytime and then at night right before you go to bed after messing it up when coming back um and these TIs will be busting up in the middle of your sleep to make sure that the dorm squared away yes so if you don't have everything like how it's supposed to be you get demerits which ultimately hurt you in the end when you're trying to go for awards yeah so when it was time for details and everybody was cleaning <laughs> and they were making beds and shit i was downstairs on the pad practicing my moves with the gun on uh so i don't i know at first i wasn't doing that because i wasn't the gun on bear for the first few days uh so i don't remember what i did i don't think we had details for the first few days because until we got uniforms, we didn't do details. Like, when we were in civilian clothes, we didn't do details. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Because we still had, like, our luggage and stuff out. So, until all of our luggage went in that closet and we had uniforms. Well, uh, we got our uniforms, like, the second day that we oh, were Oh, we there. didn't have uniforms until, like, Friday. Uh, I remember, because the one thing that my recruiter did tell me is, like, you only need one change of clothes because they're going to give you a uniform and everything you need. I was like, okay, cool. So I showed up at basic training with the clothes I had on and a backpack with an extra set of clothes. That's it. Yeah. That, and my important paperwork. Yeah. Uh, and that's all I showed up with. And I think that very next day that we went to go get our uniform because, well, I didn't know this, but after I became an MTI, um, every... I don't know if it's every squadron 
or what, but it's staggered throughout the week mm-hmm. on which day you get your uniforms. And ours was the very next day in the morning. I think we might have gone to medical first, and then we went to go get our uniforms, but we got them, like, right away. Yeah, we didn't get ours until, like, Friday. Because I remember, like, the one thing that sticks out to me is uh, I remember being in jeans, like, in jeans and a T-shirt the the day I had to get my penicillin shot. Mm. Oh, that was the worst. Uh-huh. That was I don't remember much medical, but I remember the penicillin shot. If you never had a penicillin shot, it is the worst. Yeah, so if they call it the peanut butter shot. If you heard me like complaining when COVID became a thing, um in basic training there is one day when you first get to basic training. And I don't care if you have Every piece of documentation from every time you've ever been to the doctor for your entire fucking life that says you have every vaccine that you've ever needed, when you get to basic training, you're getting them again. Yeah. And basically, you stand in a line, and there's about 12 immunization, what do you call them, clerks, uh, clinicians? They're, they're just I medics. don't know. Whatever. They, medics. And each one of them are assigned a vaccine. Yeah. And so you walk. You lift up your sleeves on both sides. They give you one shot in each arm. Then you take like two steps, one shot in each arm, two steps. And like, so like by the end, you probably had like 10 or 12 shots. Yes. And then at the very end of the line, they give you a shot of penicillin right in your ass. Um, And basically just think about like 40 to 50, sometimes 60 people from all over the world. Or, like, mainly the United States, but you still get people from, like, Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic and wherever else. Wherever people are joining the the Air Force from, all together in one room, and everybody gets fucking sick. Like, (laughs) it doesn't matter how you spin it. Everybody gets sick. Like, everybody gets some symptoms of the flu, and they give everybody a penicillin shot just to call it a day, and it was... I will, I will say, and I've always said this, but the boys always are like huge ass crybabies about it. That shit hurts. It hurts, <laughs> but our brother flat was like outside rolling around on the floor because RT or yeah RTI, we did flutter kicks for like five minutes afterwards. He's like, it sucks. Like you'll you'll appreciate this tomorrow. So we laid outside of medical and we just flutter kick, flutter kick, just pretty much like moving your butt back and forth yeah um and oh man our brother flights ti had them doing it too and they were out there rolling oh <laughs> like get over it <laughs> that shit hurt i remember hurting so bad uh <clears throat> and the nurse tells you she's like don't well, clench up. It, was, it was a her when, <laughs> when i went through and she was like whatever you do don't clench up i was like okay and like all the other shots weren't bad like they hurt like shots right nothing no big deal it's like okay i could take it and then the one on the ass she's like don't clench up i was like fine and then she stuck the needle in and when she stuck the needle in i was like ah this is not too bad uh because i saw everybody else like ah (laughs) i was like ah this is not too bad but as soon as she started depressing the thing that's when i was like oh (laughs) and your only reaction is to tense up i was like i don't know how you don't tense up yeah. it's like saying hey sneeze but keep your eyes open yeah <laughs> you can't it so, was tough. so as soon as she started injecting this stuff like i just tensed up and oh my gosh it was it's one of the worst pains i've had it was tough 
Yeah, but I mean, like, we were the last flight in basic training to get BDUs. So, like, all of our BDUs were too big. We had to get them all, like, tailored down because they were like, whatever we have left, that's what you're getting. And I was, like, itty-bitty tiny when I went to basic training. Um, And so we had to, like, get BDUs, and then they all had to go, like, be taken in. Um, We didn't get any cold weather gear. And I got there in August, and I left in October, so it was getting chilly. Uh, And then I got to here. I got here in San Angelo in October, and it snowed. Like, we had a big blizzard that winter. I had no cold weather gear. We wore BDUs with our trench coats. (laughs) Like, that was our uniform of the day. Yeah. How ridiculous do you look? that's, That's what they gave for BDUs and BMT. Like, that's what you wore. Your, well, there was your like, blues overcoat. Yeah, there was like BDU jackets. We just didn't get them. Uh, oh, yeah, there's a jacket, but, but that's it. Like, they're, the flights after us in the same squadron, like, they got ABUs and they were issued like Gore Tex. Oh. I was like, y'all motherfuckers. I had to buy all that shit at my first base. I would have loved to go through BMT like during August to October. I went, um, so I got there January 25th. And we graduated uh, at the beginning of March. I think we got... That's cold, too. I think March 11th. Yeah, it was super cold. Mm-hmm. So it was the worst because... I'm saying the worst, but it wasn't the worst. But uh, like February is one of the coldest months. Yes. So it was super fucking cold. And well, in BMT, you're out as early as 6 a.m. when the sun's not even out. And the mm-hmm. weather, well, there's rain. And the rain feels like fucking icicles or yes. just like pinpricks whenever it hits your face and oh and bmt it's the worst because when you're marching and you have a stupid hat that doesn't do anything yeah you have to march at the position of attention um so you can't like rub your face you can't uh keep your head down so the water doesn't hit your face you have to be looking straight forward and when the water hits you you just like you just have to deal with it yeah. that's it and when the MTI stops you when you're marching, you just have to stand still. You keep, Like I said, you can't adjust. You can't wipe your face. You can't do nothing. You just have to fucking deal with it. And yeah. it's the worst. And when we were going through Beast, it was cold <laughs> as shit too. And they had us low crawling through water, running through water. Man, um, I remember um, when we went through Warrior Week, They, I don't even know if they still do it, but it was like the – the two ropes where you have to balance across the pool. Yeah. And that water was like disgusting, like black. Yeah. And people were like falling in it. And all I could think was like, do not fall off this <laughs> rope. Um, but I mean, I, I never fell in the water, but yeah. So I got there in August. It was super hot, like extremely hot. Um, and like one of my memories of it being hot was when you get to basic training, you get all this study material because in the end you have to take a test over everything you've learned in basic training. And it basically says like you pass, you can go be in the air force. Yeah. Um, but it's like a book and then they give you like a notebook that you can take notes in. You have like a pencil or whatever, but they put it in like this fucking leather bag with a zipper on top. Portfolio. And whenever you're doing stuff, you just sit that shit outside, like, in the hot sun of Texas. So we would be out there marching for, like, hours. Hours. And then we had to go pick up that 
fucking melting ass leather bag and carry it in your hand. I remember like I thought I had burns on my hand and you you have to carry it on one side like everybody in the flight has to have it on one side. You can't like move it back and forth or anything. Oh, it was the worst. Like that's how I remember how hot it was in August. But then flipped October, it was super cold. Probably not as cold as like January or February, but it was super cold and we were in blues. Um, and I remember one day it just poured the rain when we were in blues and we had a melty eye and we were all female and they were like, if it's raining at all, you cannot take your flight outside anymore. Cause our blue shirts are pretty much see-through Yeah, like when they're really light blue. So, um, like we're talking about all the negatives about basic training really. Cause that's like what our minds flow to. But, yeah. uh, I learned so much and I like, I'm still friends with people that I went to basic training with. I'm not. No, nobody. No, not that I I, li- I didn't keep up with any, anybody. Like I can go through my Facebook post and I can probably pick out twenty or twenty five people I was in basic training with. Not well, like out in the flight with. Yeah, me. well, I mean, MySpace and Facebook wasn't a thing when I went yeah. through. So, like our thing was, I, email was like the closest thing. But I took people's email down and phone numbers, but I'd lost them after. But you don't know. You don't remember any of their names. Like you've never looked them up. Uh I. I haven't looked them up actually, but yeah, I remember a couple of dudes like my bunkmate. We were we were basically the only two Mexicans in the flight, and <laughs> it just ended up this way. But it was us two in the back corner of the fucking of the dorm, and I don't know, it just somehow ended up that way. But like we became best of friends, and uh, he was cool as shit. He went to security forces, uh, and he was from San Antonio. Yeah, uh, his name was Oscar. Uh. Yeah, I, so, I should look them up. Like in my basic training flight, I don't know what happened, but like so many of from my flight and my brother's flight went to Goodfellow. So like when we left basic training, there was probably like from both of our flights, probably 30 people who got on the bus and all came to Goodfellow together. So we were in tech school for six to seven months, all here together. Um, the person who was in my basic training flight she ended up being my roommate in tech school. So we stayed together from basic training to tech school. Um, And then pretty much everybody who went to tech school, we all went to Vegas together. So like we went from basic training to Goodfellow to Vegas as our Mm. first duty station. So when we got there, it was just like tech school moved from San Angelo to Vegas. Um, And the person who was in my basic training flight and my roommate in tech school was in Vegas too. So we were like good friends. We hung out all the time. Um, but Vegas, I guess like where we actually got to learn how to be people in the military, we all were in basic training and tech school together. So we all knew each other and kind of like, it wasn't a big, a big change for us. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, I still keep in touch with no, let's, some of them. Uh, there's a couple people. I'm trying to remember. I remember who our dorm chief was and, uh, I don't know if he's still in, but he was a seer guy. Uh, I remember two of our element leaders. Oh, man. Did I ever tell you the story about my element leader? I don't know. Well, so in basic training, say the say the canteen thing. Like, you have to have... Oh, one half to three quarters canteen per hour, not to exceed... Well, two? Ca- Twelve two. canteens a day? Oh, yeah. Twelve canteens uh, in a day, yeah. Yeah, so my element leader, she was like, she was from Hawaii, um, and I'm not in contact with her anymore. I wish I would have 
got kept in contact with her, but um, she was from Hawaii, and she was, like, super fit. She was just awesome at everything. Like, she came in just fucking killing it from day one, and I was like, she's, like, the epitome of what you should be as a trainee, right? And then one day, she was in our dorms, and she was just talking nonsense, like, like, saying stuff, but it wasn't words. She couldn't make sentences. She was, like, bumping into the beds and bumping into walls. And we're like, bro, something is wrong with her. Like, what the hell is going on? And then we tried to, like, stop her and look at her. And this sounds ridiculous, but it no shit looked like her eyes were just floating in her head. Like, she couldn't control her eyes. They were just kind of, like, swaying all over the place. So we... I don't know, like executed an emergency. There's like a thing that you do when there's an emergency. We get the TI up in the dorms. They called 911. The ambulance came and got her. And she literally had like drowned herself from the inside out from drinking so much water. Yeah. Um, and she ended up getting discharged. They wouldn't let her finish basic training. She got sent back to Hawaii and she couldn't stay in the military anymore. Yeah, that but sucks. I just, I remember like people, like RTI was, he was like, do not try to chug water to be done with your canteens because like, it's a serious thing. Like you can get very hurt from this. And we're like, how the fuck do you get hurt drinking water? You know, like this is stupid. We're just ignoring it. And then when it happened in our flight, we were all like baby sipping on water. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot what it was called, but that's like something you have to brief all the flights. Yeah. That's like, it yeah, was scary. It, this is a, thing that you can drown yourself if you drink too much that's why we give you this warning and uh, it it just it seems fake it doesn't seem real that that can be a real thing but i just remember being like super scared for her um but yeah it was it was interesting it was interesting times yeah fucking basic training but i mean you went when you were a little bit older you had a little more life experience but i went um I mean, I graduated high school May 23rd, and I left for basic training August 22nd. I was 17. I was about to turn 18. I turned 18 in basic training. Um, Yeah. On shots day. Shots day was my birthday. (laughs) Yeah, I was 20 when I went, uh, and I graduated, and I turned. So basic training was only six weeks long then. I think that's what it is now again, but... After I graduated, I, I turned 21. So, yeah, yeah I, I did a, f- a couple years before I actually joined the military, which sometimes I wish I just would have gone straight into the into the Air Force. You'd be like a retirement, right son. Yeah, I'd be able to retire already, but also I probably would have gotten a lot more trouble. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's good that uh, – I think it's good that I had the experiences that I had before I, I joined the military. Um, made like it makes me or made me appreciate school a little bit more. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. I really like learned a lot from basic training. I think I don't know. I guess I'm just old school in the sense of like the way RTI really like just shit on us for so many like just for like the first two weeks, um, to like build us back up into good airmen yeah um i think that was so you can tell a huge difference now when that doesn't happen yeah to the people who grew up that way in the air force and i'm not saying it's right and i'm not saying it's wrong i'm not saying like the way basic training done is now wrong but um i do think there's a huge 
thing to take in a civilian who either has had nothing or has had everything and breaking them down to like the basic form of being a human being and bringing them up with like values and and things to be a good airman um where like we weren't entitled for anything like everything we got was so like just precious and the one thing I remember the most was when I was in basic training again this was 2007 many moons ago every time we ate we had to get three eight ounce glasses of water yeah and before we could even touch our food we had to drink two of those glasses of water and dump them upside down so you had to make sure it was gone um Let's be very clear. I never, ever, ever drank water before I went to basic training. Like it just, I drank sweet tea and Mountain Dew. Like that's all I drank. Mellow yellow when I was at work. That was it, right? And so drinking water was extremely fucking difficult for me. Like there were days where I would go to chow and I would not be able to eat because drinking that much water my body just didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. Um, but I remember the day that my TI was like, you could have milk or Gatorade and two glasses of water. You would have thought we won the fucking lottery up in there. We were like, Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> and now they could have whatever they want the whole time. Right. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah. That's why I was surprised when I got there. I was like, what the fuck? They can drink Gatorade from like day one. Yeah. Uh, that was that, not a thing. But the requirement was at least one, one water. Um, yeah, when I went through, it was the same thing. Uh, our our mandatory drinks uh, were two, so two waters. But you couldn't get nothing else. You couldn't drink orange juice. You couldn't drink apple juice. You couldn't drink soda, Gatorade, nothing. <laughs> like all that, it was just for show or for the older flights. And yeah. we finally got to have Gatorade uh, in, in our last week there. Our, our MTI, though, he did – I don't want to say he did some shady shit, but he, like, he restricted us more than yeah. – than other flights, like, uh, according to the rules, we were able to get yeah. Gatorade. He just told us we couldn't, so we thought we couldn't, naturally, so we didn't. Like, our first, uh, not our, maybe our first week or our second week, uh, we had pissed him off, and he was like, you know what, you guys can't, you're eating nothing but bread and water. So, for two days straight, like, we had nothing but bread and water uh for breakfast lunch and dinner and we thought like us being fucking trainees we're like well like this is just part of military training right uh so like it sucked and we bitched about it when he wasn't around but we were doing what we were told and continue on with with our day and then he came up to us when we were in the middle of line he's like i guess y'all are lucky y'all can get whatever you want so as soon as he said that like i started loading my plate with like pancakes and (laughs) and all this other shit and uh what happened was one of the ladies that worked at the defect or the dining facility uh one of the servers she went she went to the commander she was like hey these trainees are not eating anything like they're drinking water and they're eating bread and they're not getting anything else like all of them. Yeah. And like, that was a big no, no. And, uh, I mean, he was still our instructor after that. If that would have happened when I was there, like we would have gone to jail. Yeah. But yeah, she was like, Hey, they're not eating. I guess the commander said something and he, he reversed himself. He was like, yeah, you guys get whatever you want. 
except for like the Gatorade will steal yeah. things like you drink water, get whatever you want on your plate. Another thing that my recruiter set me up for was he was like, I'm going to tell you how to like get through the day for breakfast. He's like, get one piece of French toast, get a thing of peanut butter and a banana. And he's like, just take that French toast and smother your peanut butter on it. And wrap a banana up in it. And he's like, in four bites, you can be done with breakfast. Oh, that's gross. And he's like, and never, like, you'll never, um, like, struggle to get through breakfast. Because you're going to need your energy first thing in the morning. And I just remember, like, I could eat breakfast so fast. <laughs> like, I drink water, drink water, French toast, banana, peanut butter. <laughs> done. I had, Back no, out. I had no problems with eating in, uh, in basic training and... I was, like, naturally just a fast eater. Like, my mom would get mad. She's like, it's not a fucking race. Like, slow down. Growing up, she was always saying that shit. Uh, but in Spanish. And uh, when I got to basic, it was, I don't know. I think, like, I was just built for basic. Like, yeah. as a trainee, like, it was, I'd, for the most part, I caught in, caught on to everything pretty fast. And then eating fast was one of them. I was like, well, I already eat fast. And uh, when I got there, like, I just felt like I had enough time always i could to eat, eat fast it. but um the water like like when you drink water you just naturally drink water very fast yeah um i struggle like i'm like gulping gulping well, and i feel like i'm making no progress it's worse than basic because it's not like water with ice or cold water it's it's room temperature water best. or warmer and when you have room temperature water, it's harder to drink. Uh, In a hot glass, fresh out of the dishwasher. like. <laughs> yeah. So, and if you're not used to it, like drinking, because we had to do that. We had to drink one glass of water and then eat and then have to drink the second one before we got up off the table. And when you're not used to it, that, that first week, like that first glass of water is like, you just want to puke. Mm-hmm. It, it's tough. We had one girl in our flight, and I swear I want to punch this girl in the face every day, but she would take, like, a sip, and then she would dump her cup upside down and, like, flood her tray. Yeah. So, in basic training, you sit at tables of four people, and basically, like, there's just rows of tables. So, when the table in front of you stands up, you have, like, maybe 30 seconds left at your table, if that. And so at your table, whoever is the last one that stands up has to take everybody's tray. So like hmm. the number one rule of chow and basic training is you never stand up until the table in front of you is gone. Yeah. And this girl would like go. She would get rice and water. That's all she would ever get. She would have like two bites of rice. She would have like two sips of water. And then she would dump both cups upside down and like flood her tray. And then she would stand up. So there'd be like five tables in front of us. And when she stood up, all of those tables had to leave. So they would all leave. And then whoever was at the table that she was at, you would have to carry everybody's tray plus her tray that was fucking flooded to the max with all the water she didn't drink. Ugh. And then she would go outside and puke all over the fucking patio. Oh, that's gross. It was the worst. Oh, I still get mad. Like, I remember one day she was like, Hur. I was like, I swear if you throw up on me, I'm going to turn around and punch you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so she like ran over to the bushes because she was standing right bes- behind me on that damn dot. I was like, oh, we're about to fist fight on this patio. Uh, I, I remember that. It was, it was one of the first days or one of the first days we were there. It might have been the very first day. Um, but this guy, uh, I remember his name. I won't say it. 
But uh, we sat at, at the table, and I was hungry as shit, so I was, like, scarfing everything down. And he, I guess he wasn't used to, like, eating fast or eating a lot because he was a super skinny dude. He was, like, he was probably, like, six foot, but just super, super skinny. And uh, he wasn't used to eating all of it, so you could tell he was forcing food. And he was gagging. He was like, "With it, oh, it's like making me gag right now." But he was like, "Whoa!" whoa, whoa and then like force feeding himself. That I was like, "Oh my god!" And then uh, you can't speak because if you start speaking, you just giving him the eyes, they're gonna jump on you. Yeah. So I was like, I was wide eyed looking at him, and I was shaking my head like up and down, left and right, like, yeah, "You gonna puke? No, no, yes, yeah, you are. You good? You good?" Uh, and then. Uh, I don't remember after that, but I just remember like that happening. He never puked. He never puked, but it was just, uh, it was gross, but I was still eating my shit. I was like, oh. <laughs> there was like one time where I was like so excited and afterward felt like such a shit bag was like, like we're talking about how fast you have to eat in basic training. And for some reason, one night they gave us like surf and turf. So it was like, sirloin steak like made in the defect so like rubber shoe soles and like maybe a crab leg or something i don't remember what it was but i remember getting the steak and i was just like picking it up and like <laughs> like just these huge bites because like you don't have time to eat and i remember like not in front of me but the row like over this kid starts choking, right? Like, I'm talking foaming at the mouth, full-ass choking on his steak. Never once did my mind say, like, go save this kid's life. My mind said, you're getting more time to fucking <laughs> eat this steak. So Self-preservation. <laughs> so the TI actually gave him the Heimlich, like, in the chow hall. And I was just like, <laughs> like, just fucking chowing down. And... He's like, all right, you're done. Get out. So he like, after he just saved this guy's life and he like hocked up this big old piece of steak, he like takes his tray and he's just out of it. And then they're pushing us through. And I got outside and I was like, what a shithole I was <laughs> to just be so excited that that kid was dying so that I could eat more steak. <laughs> but I don't think we had steak in anymore after that. I don't I don't even remember having steak. I, the only thing I remember from basic is the breakfast. Because for breakfast, I would always get the same thing because, I don't know, it was just so good. And I never had, like, that much access to just, like, that much food. But it was French toast and uh, uh, what's the – it's not syrup. It's like um, – Molasses? No, no, no. It's 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 the fruit but, like, the – Marmalade. Marmalade, I guess. Uh -huh. It's like jam. But it's got actual pieces of fruit in it. Oh yeah. And so I had I had French toast with the strawberry one. Preserves. E yeah, the preserves, yeah. whatever it's called. But every fucking day, and every day I look forward to that <laughs> breakfast. Always, it was so fucking good. I was like, man, this is a treat. Every morning I get to eat this. You know, we're going down memory lane, but one of the things that like I think people take for granted is having access to just use their phones in basic training like their cell phones mm. <coughs> because i remember on like day two or three when you get to basic training rti put us in the day room and gave us a piece of paper and a pen and he was like you're going to write down this phrase you're going to say this phrase you're not going to say anything more and then you're going to get off the phone yeah 
And basically it said like, hey, hello, ex, mom, dad, sister, whatever. I have arrived to basic training. I am safe. My address that you can send me mail at is blah, 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 blah. Um, I will call you again soon. I love you. Goodbye. And like, that's it. We had to use a motherfucking calling card. Mm-hmm. So it's like dialing 18 numbers, the person's number, and just hoping that they answer. I called my dad, did not answer. Called my mom, did not answer. Called Granny, did not answer. Finally called Ashley, the one person who never answers her fucking phone in the entire universe, and she answered. And I was like, I was bawling. I was like, oh my God, somebody answered. And I'm like, I made it, I'm safe. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was so upset that like I had called and dialing, and you're on a fucking payphone too, so it's not like easy access right so i'm like dialing like speed dialing these numbers and nobody was answering and i was just so upset because rti was very clear he's like if you get somebody's voicemail and you start talking you're not dialing anybody else's number so if you get a voicemail you better fucking hang up and try another number because as soon as i hear you talking you're done and i was like damn (laughs) but every time we wanted to call somebody it was the whole calling card yeah i do the same thing i i mean I think I only used one calling card the entire time there. I made, oh, yeah, I, I made didn't. a few calls. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I didn't really have that much contact with anybody. Like, there was people on the flight that they were getting two or three letters a day. I got a lot of letters. Uh, I was like, what the fuck? And people, they just, like, I understand the, the guys uh, with family, like, wife, kids, or whatever. Uh, but everybody else, it's like, I don't know, they were just dying to use a phone. And I used the phone a couple times, and I only remember the initial call, and I ended yeah, up, I, I got a, uh, I got a hold of Chewy, and he basically, like, laughed at me, took my address, and then hung up on me. <laughs> and then, but, like, I don't remember talking to anybody else while I was in basic. Uh, I don't remember any of the subsequent phone calls, like, calling just to like check in or whatever i don't remember any of those yeah me either like i i, I remember i tried to use a calling card once it, and it was in the evening because it was dark outside um but i don't think i got through to anybody and then letters like i sent two letters the entire time i was in basic i got one in return so i sent, I sent one to my best friend uh eddie and then i sent one to my mom and the only one that wrote back was Eddie. <laughs> so, um, but everybody else was like getting two or three. Some people were getting two or three letters a day. Some people got a few throughout basic. I got one, one letter I, the entire time. I got a bunch of letters in basic training. Like everyone wrote to me, um, like all my siblings, my mom and my dad wrote, um, but, you know, there were people who would stay up late at night and write letters and, like, sneak them to the mailbox. I, I never, like, I wrote when we were allowed to. I mailed letters when we were allowed to. But I never was, like, trying to sneak out, like, the people who did laundry, you know. They'd be like, I'll give you these letters. Like, can you sneak them in the mailbox when you're yeah. downstairs doing laundry? I just, I never had the desire to, like, put myself in the way to get in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, it wasn't a big deal to me. And I don't know. It was because if I had some time in college before that. So I was, like, used to being away from home and not really talking to everybody on a daily basis or, or what. But, um, like, I don't remember 
like mi- like missing much, right? Uh, yeah. Like my old life or the only thing that really bugged me about basic training was like, man, I just want more sleep. Yes, and sleep. I just like I want a snack. Like I want a snack whenever I feel like getting a snack or just chewing on like just munching on something. And then it wasn't until uh, so Warrior Week, so our second to last week there, when you go out to the field and you do that week of training, we get the we get these little books, the Airman's Manuals, and they're mm-hmm. basically it's a it's it's a field manual, and it tells you how to go through like your sea burn kit and and do all this other shit. Uh, when you get the gas chamber, yeah, and it tells you about deployment and how to ha- take care of your rifle. And uh, well, on, on one of the pictures on there, it talks about uh, I don't know if it's morale or resiliency or something, but it's this kid in a tent, in a deployment tent, right? Not like a camping tent, in a deployment tent, and he's playing a video game. So it's one of the the morale tents, and it's fucking Madden football on the screen. And I remember like seeing that one picture and I was like, man, I just miss video games. <laughs> like I would look at that picture every day like, man, I, I can't wait to play Madden again. <laughs> it was so stupid, but it, it was kind of like it's kind of like what got me through Warrior Week uh, in a sense because I don't know. That was like the one thing like I didn't have kids. I didn't have wife, didn't have girlfriend, didn't have like my parents were there right like i didn't really like oh my gosh i missed them i can't wait to see them it was just like whatever right but that fucking picture of a video game i was like man i really miss video games yeah i never had like a like a i really miss this um there was a couple times where i thought like was this the right call like should i have went to college you know Mm. um but I mean, I was I was a baby, like yeah. yeah. I I mean, when I left, I wasn't even eighteen, and it was it was tough. So I mean, I don't know. I'm glad. I think we've we've grown leaps and bounds, and oh yeah, for sure. Basic training did. I mean, we're here. We're we are where we are now. Yeah, that's what the senior told me today. She's like, everyone always tells me, "Ma'am, you should be less direct," and I tell them. It's got me to where I am today, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's how I feel about basic. Like, like it was tough, and there are aspects of it where I can see um, needed to change. Like, looking back now, there were parts where I'm like, okay, that was, yeah, I probably could have went different. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I learned so much, and it really did. It broke me down to, like, the purest form to – to bring me back as a as an airman to learn all the things and be set up for success so i was grateful for it yeah yeah bmt is awesome uh that uh, that thought of oh man maybe i made a mistake or like what the fuck did i get myself into i had that once and it was the very first morning that they woke up that or that we woke up just because i kind of forgot where i was at like i got there the night before from the bus they do the whole drop your bags pick them up assign you to your to your rack and then basically you like go through the conveyor belt of taking a shower shaving and then getting into bed so that whole process and all of that's just like your adrenaline's pumping the entire time because you it's all brand new you don't know what's going on really you're just trying to process everything as as, as much as you can as fast as you can and then you go to bed and then, but you're so amped up, you can't fall asleep right away. 
So, but when you finally fall asleep, I guess like I was in such a deep deep sleep when they woke us up in the morning. I was like literally lost. lost. I was like, where the fuck am I? And then I just remember lights. I sat up. There was yelling. And I'm looking around trying to figure out my life. There's people like scrambling. And then the instructor is yelling at me. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Get your ass up. <laughs> and then it clicked. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in basic training. And I was like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> uh, but then as I started going through the day, I was like, okay, yeah, I got this. This is good. Like, this is what I want. This is what I needed. And that was like the only time where I had that thought like, man, I, I may have fucked up. There was a couple times where I was like, I can't believe I did this, but the one that really like stands out where I was like, fuck this is the gas chamber. Oh yeah. Because so you get gas masks that are like 50 years old that 10,000 people before you have used and you know, they like put their hand over it. They're like, breathe it. They're like, you're good. Right. Like they don't know that I'm good because they're not wearing the mask. And so I'm like, whatever little 18 year old me. I'm like, this guy knows what he's doing. He's not going to let me die. You got to check your seal. And so we get it in there, and they're like, okay, when you go in, like, you should be fine all the way until you get there and you take off your mask. Like, you should be breathing normal. Um, shouldn't be an issue. So you go in. I think there's, like, five on each side of the gas chamber, and you, like, go feet. Like, there's feet, and you just have to go to the next feet, go to the next feet. And so um, as soon as we got in the gas chamber, I started choking. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was, like, second. And so I'm, like, just closing my eyes, like, trying to hold my breath, right? Which they tell you not to do. Like, don't try to hold your breath because then you're going to take a deep breath in and it's going to be ten yeah. times worse. So when we took off our gas mask, we had to say our whole name and our social, mm -hmm. like our full social. I could not get out anything. I was like, <gasps> like, I'm just snotting everywhere and my eyes are watering and I'm, like, gagging. And they're like, get out. And... Um, when they checked my gas mask, the, my filter didn't have a filter in it. It was just a canister. Ugh. And so like, there was no way for me to know that. Cause it's just a piece, right? Like I've never done this before. And then when you get outside, you just have to walk with like, like you have to make a T out of your body yeah. and walk. You can't touch your face. You can't put water or nothing. You're just walking. Everyone's just like fucking snotting everywhere yeah. and saliva everywhere. And it was terrible. And as I was out there, I was like, this is what I chose. <laughs> like, I chose I, this. I love that experience. Like, the whole field training that, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I loved everything about basic. It was just, like, everything I wanted, right, is, like, I wanted to be in the military. I wanted to do all the the roll around, like, the army shit. It, it was just, it was great. And the gas chamber, although, like, it sucked, the, the feeling wasn't great. The experience was fucking awesome. And I remember, like, getting out of that gas chamber and just leaking everywhere and all I wanted to do was rub my eyes. But they tell you, that's why you walk in the T, so you hold your, uh, so instructors can see that you're holding your, your arms out and you're not rubbing your face. Because the only thing I remember what they said is like, if you rub your eyes, it's like having a thousand little crystals rubbing your eyeball. Yeah. And that's basically what it is. Uh, that's like, because it, it gets on your gloves and it hardens and, and then it's in your eyes like you're, the fluid from your eyes has to naturally drain that stuff out yeah. until you finally can wash everything off. And I just kept on thinking that. I was like, crystals, crystals, crystals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it was tough, man. Like, I remember it was September when I went through, um, and you rotate. So you're in tents out there. Well, we were in tents when we were out there. Yeah. Um, and every couple hours, like, you wake up the next person. They have to sit outside the tent with their, like, fake gun and, like, guard. Um, and I just remember being eaten alive by mosquitoes. Like, just... For, like, the entire hour I was out there, I was just one gigantic mosquito bite, like, the whole time. It was terrible. Um, and there was, like, standing water by our tent, so it made it worse. Um, and it was just, like, I didn't enjoy, like, I guess it, it's not seaburn. I didn't, whatever it is where you have to do, like, the salute thing. I never could remember that damn thing. Um the UXO where you have to like go out and find them and like yeah. cordon off. I never could remember that shit. I was just like, this is terrible. Like send me back to the classroom. Like I don't want any, I don't want any part of it. The, the actual military experience. I didn't want none of that. Yeah. I want to be in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I fucking loved it. We did, we did hell's half mile what it was oh, back man. then. And it was, uh, I don't remember the temperature, but it was cold outside. Uh, like we were shivering. You could see your breath. And then you have to run this uh, this obstacle course, and part of it is low crawling through through wet sand. Yeah, well, yeah, it's low crawling through through uh, through dirt, but it had rained, so it was fucking water puddles. And I remember just crawling through the water puddles. When you're going through it, it's not so bad. Like you're cold, but it's not so bad because your adrenaline's pumping. So you're just going through it. But as soon as you get out and you start calming down, you you're fucking freezing. And that's what we were happening. I got kicked in the face a couple of times because you're like behind people, and uh, it's basically just like an assembly line. And you're going through, and uh, a dude kicked me just like just trying to get on by. Um, I remember like the skin. I don't even know what, like, my forearm, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah your elbows and Like, your my elbows and my forearms. It was just raw. It was, like, a huge scab Yeah. where, like, the sand had just, like, gr- like literally, like, sandpapered, like, off. gridded the skin off my body. Um, and so it was hard for me to put my arms straight. And I had to pick my hair up every day. Like, I had to put my hair in a ponytail or in a bun. Every- well, in a bun. We didn't have ponytails. But put my hair in a bun every day. And I just remember every day when I would, like, pick my hands up to put my hair up, it would just break open. And it would be, like, bleeding. And there was a bunch of girls in there. So we had, like, an assembly line of people who would, like, pick up each other's hair. Because to, like, lift our own arms up and put up our own hair hurt so bad. (laughs) But our our RTI knew it was coming. He had, like, big old tubes of, like, the antibacterial neosporin and, like, and cream. And he's like, here you go. Like, just start putting it on. (laughs) And oh man the the only part about like being out there was so they they would make you go shower um but it was freezing cold water and in the winter freezing cold water it's just fuck that like i uh after the like the first two days because you're only out there five days after the first two days it's like nope i'm taking combat showers yeah and, and i started doing the baby wipes because oh that was it was tough the the thing i hated the most and I still hate it. Like, even when something happens, like, was eating MREs. Mm. Because I can eat food that I don't enjoy, but, like, some of that food's just fucking nasty. Like, I don't want an omelet out of a 
fucking bag. All right. Like that's something I don't want. But I remember our TI was like, when y'all get out there, chew the gum. Like make sure you're chewing the gum because each one of those MREs are like a thousand calories, two thousand oh, calories. It's a lot more than that. They're they're meant to sustain you for a few for a couple of days. Yeah. So we would get it and. RT, I was like, when you start eating those MREs, you're not going to take shits. So, like, the gum in there is, like, the coating on it has laxative. So, it'll, like, help you use the restroom. But they wouldn't let us chew the gum. Yeah. So, we would just, we was all plugged up out there. It was bad when we got back to the dorms. Woo-wee. Uh, yeah, the same for us. I, um, <laughs> those MREs, I didn't, I didn't mind them. Like, I hate MREs. They're, they're not the greatest, but... I, so this is weird, but I, I ate MREs in college because my dad, uh, so he was like, uh, uh, garbage man for Fort Bliss. Um, but logistics or whoever runs, like whoever has the pallets of MREs uh, out there on Fort Bliss, they get rid of like pallets of MREs at a time. I don't know if Mm -hmm. they're expire or what, they just have so many. But I like my dad worked out a deal. He's like, "You're all getting rid of those." He's like, "I'll take them," and basically he would sell them. So I was in college at the time, and he would just send me with like tons of MREs. So I had a bunch of those suckers, and they're absolutely disgusting. I was just used to eating them. There's yeah, like they're few, not the greatest. There was but a few okay. that was good. Like the mac and cheese wasn't bad because you can't really like mess up mac and cheese. Yeah. Um, but it's like pre-cooked, Uh-oh. vacuum sealed. It stopped. Uh oh. Are you out of space? Probably. What did it say? Hold on. Do you want to use an audio device, AirPods Pro? No. Oh, hold did, on. Did you unplug this? Oh, no. It's still, it's like, uh, no, it's like the AirPods opened or something. Oh. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, we're. But yeah. Like, we can wrap it up. But anyways, MREs are disgusting. <laughs> yeah, MREs. Uh, that's all right. They're good in a pinch. <laughs> uh, all the Army guys was like, these fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> like, real Air Force problems. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, shit. We're like an hour and 20 minutes in. Dang. Uh, BMT stories. Listen. We could uh-huh. do part two, three, and four. I was all worried shit. about us not making time. Too. No. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so I, I we'll wrap it up there. That that's uh, some of our BMT experience. Uh, we just got it on was, a roll. It was fun, yeah. but we'll tell y'all more later. I'll let you talk. I feel like I talked the whole time. You didn't really tell your stories. Yeah, shut up. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, uh, babes. All right. Peace out, Cub Scouts. All right, peace out, Cub Scouts. We'll see y'all next week. Later. Later.